You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Mountain Westwire Football Podcast. Website mwr.com. Oh boy, Matt. We recovering yet after heart attack games, every single one, down to the wire? Yeah, I mean, just give me more, right? <laughs> That's the point. Hawaii had an earlier kick at 9 p.m., I guess, Mountain Time, because they don't do daylight saving, but oh boy. If you want to check everything out we did over the weekend, highlights, this podcast, other podcasts we do, mwwire.com. Um, you know where to find it, Stitcher, tune in, anywhere you find a podcast, we're there, but... We're talking about the Wild Week 11, which presented the West Division now, Matt, being kind of up for grabs. Yeah, everybody said, you know, I think, what, three, four teams still have a shot? There are bowl eligible teams. We have, let's see, Hawaii, or no, not Hawaii quite yet. We have um, Nevada bowl eligible. Yeah, Wyoming. The count is now five. Five, okay. I was looking at the one team. People are saying Hawaii, but they have to win seven games because they got that pesky 13. Yeah, that was my mistake on Twitter last That's time. That's okay. Yeah. We took care of it. We're good. Hey, it happens. Yeah. I make mistakes too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the top of the show real quick. Rankings, because I guess we talk about rankings, even though they mean a lot but don't mean a lot. We, we're going to have, when I say we, I mean you, Matt, are doing our projected top 25 for the playoff rankings. Uh-huh. As of right now, week 12, because we're doing this just after the polls released, Boise 19 AP poll. They moved up two spots due to Iowa. Did they lose, I guess? I don't care. I don't pay attention to them. But I guess they Kansas, lost. Kansas State lost. Kansas State lost, yeah. Um, I'm trying to because I'm, I'm, of course, the AP poll is different than like the uh, the what's it playoff, the AP, coaches. yeah, the playoff poll. So, well, like, Iowa lost to Wisconsin in a close one, oh, Wisconsin, yeah. Uh, we were you know this close to a lot more carnage. You know, I tried to tell you in our preview podcast that SMU could get got by East Carolina and hey, they almost did. Where's that defense, guys? I'm just tell- I'm telling you, if they can't play defense, I still feel like they're going to get got at some point. I get it versus Memphis because they're a pretty good team, but East, Car- but East Carolina? Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wake Forest lost oh, fairly, which, con- fairly convincingly wait, which to means, Virginia Tech. Which really means we're going to have an unranked team in Orange Bowl. Yay. Oh, boy. <laughs> because tell me, Matt, what other ACC team besides Clemson is ranked? Uh, what's Virginia at right now? They're not ranked. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, they, I mean, they might be in that situation where they weren't ranked going into last week, but maybe they are now. But I have no idea if they uh, won off the top of my head. Virginia has is receiving zero points in either poll. Oh no! Okay, excuse me. They are seven and three now. Sorry, coaches poll. They are 12, 12 points. Yeah, you're, you're coastal leading Ugh. Virginia Cavaliers because. It's the bowl scenario we get into. That's why the Cotton Bowl, if those who haven't been paying attention, which I don't blame you if you don't watch bowl stuff every week, the that's why the Cotton Bowl is where the group of five is going. There's a little bit, mm-hmm. te- basically one at-large bid for the entire bowl system, not including the group of five teams. That's, and why that's you, just mostly because of the bowl rotation this year. That well, they, they call this year because it's like every three years, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Something like uh, that. And so this one is just the one that's particularly unique in that there aren't as many – at large well, bits. Available. Can I just throw the orange bowl under the bus, the sugar bowl under the bus, and the rose bowl under the bus for being prickly old people and not just taking yeah. the best teams? Yeah. So we're, that's the reason why. That, yeah. That's the reason why, because the orange bowl takes like ACC no matter what, 
Rose Bowl takes Big Ten Pac-12 no, no matter what. However, Rose Bowl, regardless, probably should be a good matchup, if, even if it happens to be number two from each league. But uh, there's going to be an unranked Orange Bowl playing like a number 10 Florida. You want to see Wake Forest Florida in Orange Bowl, Matt? I do not. Okay, that's one we could pass on. But as for our concerns here, SMU – here's why I hate the coaches and eight people. SMU moved up three spots. They didn't deserve to move up three yeah. spots. And then also, I watched the entirety of Minnesota-Penn State because it's actually a pretty good game. I get Minnesota, hadn't played anybody, and they play somebody now. They move up to seven. They move up ahead of my Utah Utes. Thank you. Love it. Six spots over is a good win, but six spots, really? I don't know. We'll just see when the playoff comes out because I guarantee Minnesota will be like 10. Mm-hmm. But So what do, what do you see for your rankings? Because we've got Cincy Memphis who are ahead, which is – the same, essentially. Memphis closed the gap. Boise closed the gap a bit. SMU, there's 17 through 19, or 17 through 21, actually. So is that your order, what you're looking at, possibly? You don't have to tell everything, but is that kind of what you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think that I would probably have Navy ahead of SMU, just because mm-hmm. I'm not totally convinced by what SMU has done, especially recently. They've gotten a little bit lucky to get to this point. Um just by virtue of the fact that one, they escaped by you know eight points against East Carolina and Houston as well, and and yeah, three points against Houston, six points against Tulsa. They haven't really had more than maybe one convincing win in the last month and a half, and that was at home against Temple. So decent team, but still, like I'm half tempted to say that Navy's just going to beat them two weeks from now. It's at Navy. Why not? I feel I, I feel like that's just going to happen. Why not? It's Maybe happen. I will just call it right now. Just do it. You can call I'm, Notre Dame. Navy, and Navy Navy's well. going to call. Navy's going to beat SMU in two weeks. Just, it, just book it now. Is Navy going to beat Notre Dame next week? No. Oh man, come on! I want the chaos. I want the Army I, Navy I think game they to could. beat something. I think they could, but I don't think they will. Okay. All right. So basically, that's what you're kind of order you're thinking. We should also mention San Diego State dropped out of the rankings because they're lost. Um, let me ask you this: This is probably going to make I'm going to make some fan bases mad today. I'm sorry about if that's the case, folks, but. In one of the polls, Aztecs are still getting like 30 points. Do people not watch this game or just because you're – it's just a stupid swing of the polls. If you're ranked and you lose by a couple points, you must have had a, a close loss or something. But they're still getting – I think – not that they're a bad team, but the coaches poll, they're still like a top 30 team, which I don't think after listening to Nevada team who's been eh. I don't know. I just think getting votes for San Diego State probably not – shouldn't have happened, but whatever. That's my thought. Well, I mean, would you rather the, they go to San Diego State or something like a three or four loss Power Five team? No, Air Force. <laughs> go to Air Force. Roll those in the Air Force. Why not? Oh yeah, I guess that's true. UCF lost and got a vote. Didn't they lose yesterday? The other day, and they still get votes. Uh, they did get two votes in the AP poll. I can tell you that much. Whoever voted North North Dakota State twenty five, get rid of their vote. I don't care. Give it. I respect else. that. though. It, it's fine, but I guess it's within the rules. But really, come on. Yes. Sure, whatever. I guess I would. I, you know what? North Dakota State could beat like half the group of five. I'm not easily. saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying the division split. It's like make you get your own poll to work. Worry about. And, and and they're clear number one in that poll. And I guess okay. I'm not too bad. It's just kind of like I don't know. It's like it, number twenty five doesn't really matter because you have a six and three Oklahoma State team ranked twenty fifth. And that's what Texas twenty two is ranked. That's what I thought would happen in the playoff poll last week, and it didn't, which I was kind of surprised. And somehow Texas is back in the top twenty five. I don't know why. Who they beat? They're twenty two and one and twenty three and the other. I don't know who they beat. They beat some random Big Twelve team. Who cares? They're going to drop back. No, they're off. They anyway. beat, did they beat was Kansas State last week or two weeks ago? 
I don't know. They were unranked last week, and all of a sudden they're Hold number on. 22. I'm checking. Was it yesterday they beat them? Yes, they beat Kansas State, so eh. maybe. Whatever, whatever. Texas ain't back. That's all that matters. They're just a fringe top 25 team at best, right? Yeah. Because when people say Texas is back, when Texas I watch, watch Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, Vince Young. When Texas is back, they're a top 10 team, Then they're not. All right, should we get to our games instead of worrying about this stuff? Because me yeah, and Raj will it. debate about all this stuff on Tuesday again, hopefully. All right, so we had four games. Remember, the one Air Force New Mexico game was postponed due to player um, death. That'll be made up in a couple weeks. So should we just start with Utah State, Fresno State, and talk about fourth down? Uh, Yes. What, what's your thought on that, fourth down? Because everybody's freaking out about fourth downs in Utah State. Are they talking about going for it on fourth down? Yeah, the, the, fourth, line? the fourth down stuff, yeah. Yeah. Why would I you mean, not take the lead? Okay, here's the thing. Um, at that point in the game, the Aggies on offense had been averaging like seven and a half yards per play. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take that shot? You know what I don't like? It was a crappy play call. Yes, because I would agree with that. I, watched, I only watched a condensed version of this, but I watched that play like three or four times over because they kept showing it. It was supposed to be like some sort of a – because the running game was going well. That's one of the reasons I thought they could win. But – it has a huge drive. It took up, what, six, five, oh, actually fairly quickly for the amount of plays, five minutes, 14 plays. But what they do, they're at the, like, I don't fault them going for it, but when the game is five minutes left in fourth quarter, if you kick it, you're ahead. That's the reason it's like, I get the, it's only one yard, you've been going so well, but what you have a good kicker, why not take the gimme points? Because the defense hadn't been able to make many stops. True. Especially especially in that second half. You know, Fresno State was stringing together its own fairly long drives. They had three straight touchdown drives from the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, you know, this goes back to the same brief conversation that we had with Mark Anderson in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, I think it was either after or during the last moments of last week's Boise State-San Jose State game. Yeah. If you are not sure that your defense can make a stop, and you are confident that your offense can get you one or two yards. And this is this is a thread that's going to come back in other games that we'll talk about today, too. Yeah. Do it. You have to do it. You, I, know, you have to be bold. You, you do. You have to go for it. You have, and especially if you're trying to stay alive in a division race, you have to be willing to put your foot down. Yeah. They don't get it. What if the defense didn't go through all three and out? I mean, I'm just the saying. Worst, the worst thing that happens is exactly what happens where they <laughs> – they what? They had to take over at their own five-yard line? Yeah, I, I get it, but I'm just saying you get the points. And then let me go back to play call really quick because I skipped over that. It was like a RPO-type play, but like Jordan Love kept the ball way, 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 way too long. And like it was just a weird – like you hit, I know people fake it where they give the ball to him. They like over. They still kind of keep their hands there. So it's like, oh, do I still have it or not? They tuck back in. It was like an awkward handoff that was like, what, minus four yards, minus five-yard play? Mm-hmm. I just – my just thinking, I get being bold, but my point is – there's a, how much time was left in the game? Five minutes left in the game. You're trailing, and you get nothing out of it. Why not take a lead? Because if Fresno could have just scored regardless, had they scored a touchdown, they're up eight, maybe go for two, go up nine, and you're, you're out of the game if they want to put it out of the reach for officially. It's like almost – my point is that much time left, take the points when you're that close and you're losing. It's not like they're up two or up three and a field goal does nothing where a touchdown wins it regardless for Fresno State. They were trailing. I'd say – take the points and get the lead and hope your defense stops it. And there's still probably, and eventually that was correct. There's enough time for Utah state to come back and get the game winner. But what if there was, what if Fresno won a long drive and kicked their own game where there's no time left or something? 
And that's the thing. Like they were, they were in a situation where a touchdown would have prevented the Bulldogs from simply driving into field goal territory and kicking it. But you're also losing. That's my point. You're down. (laughs) No, but that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, you're trying to win a game. You're trying to give yourself the best chance to do it. That's why you go for six rather than three. I can understand it, but I would have kicked the points right there because you're trailing. Like I if, had no problem with it. Like if they were up, if it was, as long as they weren't, even if they're tied, tied or four, basically zero to four point lead, I would have kicked, I would have, uh, well, no, zero to three point, I guess. I'd go for a touchdown because Phil Gold, who cares? Three or less, I would have gone for it. But at this point, I don't know. It's just, well, I, that's just my thought. With the way, especially with the way that Jordan Love is playing in the fourth quarter, I had no problem putting the game in his hands in particular because one you know on the entire day Fresno State basically made him look like the first round pick everybody thought he was going to be you know, he's 30 of 39 388 yards two touchdowns um you know, maybe by far his best overall performance of the year and in that fourth quarter in particular he was dynamite you know he was 10 of 13 92 yards he was moving the ball down the field so if, you're also you know, not if throwing I'm, on fourth and goal at the one you're running the ball almost 95 percent of the time it seems like well, and that's why I don't have a problem with it. Ah, it's just it's, we could disagree. Like, if they go for it and make it, we could. I would probably said the same thing. I'm just whatever. I said my piece a million times. It doesn't matter. You would go for it at this point. I wouldn't. That's fine. But that's why people are talking about the fourth down play, fourth and goal. Oh, you're losing when I get the points. Well, mm-hmm. want to know this about Jordan Love? Great game. Looked really good. Did you see that catch that like went behind a defender for no guy, like middle of the field? It was like a third quarter. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Like, it seemed like that happened a few times. There was one. Like, it was like there was Jordan. Where there Lutz... were one or two defenders around the receiver, and then yeah. somehow an Aggie came down with that. I think it was. Are you talking about the Jordan Nathan catch in before halftime? I'm not sure what it was. Cause I watched the condensed game this morning. It was some middle of the field where it was just a weird, like a weird pass where the ball was. Did, nobody touched it. It was a throw right where the player would have been. But there's like two Fresno guys there. It just found a little hole between like six arms right to the Utah State guy. I think that might have been the 36-yard catch that, that Nathan had. Right it may have been. It was a pretty time. long catch. So, But you know why, I'll tell you a little secret. You know why Jordan Love looks so good? Uh, because Fresno State can't rush a passer to save its life. Boom! Defense of Fresno State's not amazing. And Jordan Love no, looks, it's not. Jordan Love looks really good against mediocre defenses. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like They were, giving, they were allowing 7.5 yards per carry, or yards per play, yeah. rather. You basically have to go back either to when they were getting out, getting blown out, in back-to-back weeks a couple of years ago against Alabama and Washington. Uh, or you have to go back to maybe the darkest days of the Tim DeRuiter 2016 season to find a defensive performance like that. And, you know, that's a credit to Utah State for, you know, being able to take advantage of the Bulldogs' obvious weaknesses. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that I've been trying to harp on, it seems like, every single week. And this was the worst defensive performance yet. Yeah, and the offense played quite well to keep him in the game. Like Rivers had three touchdown rushes. Um, Jorge Reina was pretty efficient on the day on the, on the day. No touchdown passes. So, but only missed yeah, four and times that's the thing, you know, they first state was doing exactly the same thing when they were on offense, they averaged seven and a half yards per play as well. It's just, you know, part of it was they got, they shot themselves in the foot by penalties. That's something that we didn't even really not pay yet. attention to yeah. before that fourth down. Because let's not forget that Jordan Love threw an interception that was erased by a penalty. Mm-hmm. And then there was another defensive pass interference penalty that set them up with that goal line situation. Yeah, so. that one was pretty bad. The one across the middle in the back of the end zone, I think it was. 
Yeah, so it's just, it's one of those, you know, it's not just one thing that's really gone wrong for the Bulldogs this year. In this particular game, it was a lot of things that went wrong. Well, they weren't that bad. Like, I guess defense, but offense, I thought they are okay, right? I think the offense, we could say they played pretty well, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Well, I mean, they... Rivers yeah. had 100 yards, three touchdowns, a big, big play. A ton of guys caught a pass. Like, yeah, I get I mean, Rainier it, being it, it better, but... Like, it wasn't like the the offense was totally exempt from it, though. You no, know, they had yeah. a holding penalty that erased a big twenty seven mm-hmm. yard gain in the first half. But it's more the defense um, and offense, I would say, especially down the stretch. Yeah, that's uh, so. This puts uh, five and four Utah State. Hey, still only one loss in the conference play. There, Aggies four and one, four and five Fresno, two and three in league play. Um, we'll get we'll wait till the end to talk about the West Division type stuff. Does that work? Yeah. All right. So where are we going next? We're going to Boise in overtime. Uh, yes, sir. All right, Boise State, well, I mean, people are on me, man. Did you see the tweet I sent out? I was going to send it from our account, but I'm like, that looks a little too petty. I'd rather send it from my own. Boise didn't look like a good group of five team that's going to play in the Cotton Bowl and perform well. I mean, they still, they got work to do. Yeah, that's my point. they're going to be without Hank Bachmeyer for the foreseeable future. Which he may be out next. I guess Harson said game. he was hurt, obviously, which we know. Maybe play next week first in Mexico. Looks on track, but we'll see. My point is, like, I get people like, oh, they've had close losses. Look at 2016 or 2014, whatever year it was. A couple of guys standing to me. I'm like, yeah, but no, it's not. This isn't just one game. That's a problem. They needed everything and anything to beat San Jose, San Jose State's better, but it's still San Jose State who might win four four games at most this year, maybe five. They couldn't stop Hawaii to save their life. If San Jose referring to, I will get to later. But my point is, like, yes, it's one. It's it's one close loss. Some or close one, excuse me. They mentioned like San Diego State. I'm like, yeah, six of Weber is not good, but even Boise, like, where's their big dominant win besides not that's a non FCS team and UNLV's garbage? Like, where's their big dominant win? Like, hey, this team looks really good. I can't find it. Maybe the second half was Florida State, and it is a Hank Bachmeyer thing, but that's about it. See, the only thing that I would disagree with there is that I feel like it takes away from how well Wyoming actually played in this game. Well, I know, but I just want to start with that. I'm not saying they play bad, but. If you're saying you're that good, because, of a team, and there's close games, but sorry, go ahead. I'll just because when you when you take a step back and really look at how the game unfolded, like this was exactly the kind of high caliber performance you wanted out of both sides. You know, both defenses played at an extremely high level. They did. You know, yeah, yeah. Boise only managed five yards per carry or five yards per play, rather. Um, but they held the Cowboys to only four point four yards per carry. You know, Xavier Valade did have some. You know, nice runs in the second half in particular. But when you step back and look at what they actually held him to, he had to run the ball 37 times to get 124 yards. So the defense was balling out on both sides. And, you know, it wasn't so much that, you know, both offenses were fumbling, I don't think. Vanderwall played better than I thought, Pat. He made up throw 23 times and actually looked decent. I would agree with that. You know, I thought I was, at least for one week, I was dead wrong about what I thought he would do for the offense. But, you know, just, you know, one thing I think we mentioned very briefly is that, you know, Wyoming's defense, uh, especially when they can pin you back, you know, the farther back they pin you, the better they are. And other than that opening touchdown that Boise State had, that was pretty much it for those kinds of situations. Like they had two more three and outs in that first Mm -hmm. half. Uh, when they were backed up inside the 20. And on the game, the Cowboys ended up with a massive field position advantage regulation. You know, the average Boise State drive started at their own 25. 
and I think it's to the defense's credit in particular that Wyoming was starting at the 38 on average and they were, you know, they were able to do what they did and holding them down on a per play basis. No, they did. They're, Boise only had two drives. They had the first touchdown, then the last touchdown near the end of the game. Yeah, and I think that, like I said, that says more about the the level of both defense yeah. you're playing at than it does about any shortcomings that Boise State has. Like, you know, Vanderbilt played well. I I think that I might play the devil's advocate and say, other than the interception that Chase Cord had, that he played okay. You know, he was he was only 19 of 30, 190 yards, which isn't bad. You mean, wait, you mean, you'd say Vanderwall outplayed Chase Court? No, I would say that they basically played to a draw. Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, yeah. I'd, uh, close, I'd give a slight edge to Court, but because Vanderwall didn't have a touchdown pass, but Court had to pick, mm-hmm. and Vanderwall ran one in. But it's they were comparable. Like, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put one, like, maybe, like, a 5% difference either way. Like, there mm-hmm. was, they, they were pretty close. But, no, it's like, it's, it's true. Well, I didn't mean to... Like say, well, I mean, oh, you're just this random team shouldn't be competing with Boise State. But you look at Boise State really quick. This game, low scoring. Look what they had to do last week for San Jose State. So they can play both type of styles that they need be. Mm-hmm. Where and uh, and now also Wyoming's a different team as well. Where we know San Jose State has a better offense. They can throw the ball much more better, much more efficient. Move the ball down the field. That's not Wyoming's game plan. So we knew this would be a lower score, lower scoring game. But it's also like, well, boy, she's playing a better defense. And so it's like, you know, you're going to be fewer points. So they can kind of play both styles. I was just saying, like, if Boise is considered that top team, it's like, if you're that one team, you probably should be beating teams by more. But we've seen what Wyoming's defense could do, what their running game can do. And I don't know, like, if they had Sean Chambers, I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference. There probably would have, I guarantee. I think that it might have. Well, I was going to say, you why. Well, they're running the ball because. You had Val, they actually left the game for a minute, and they had, like, who's going to run the ball? Two walk-ons from Wyoming? Jeez, that would have been dreadful if he couldn't come back in. See, I I think I would disagree with that, too, just because we've seen them plug in guys that we had never heard of before and and be fine. But But walk-ons, come on, guys never played. That's the problem. That's what I'm getting at. Like, depth is an issue at some point. Maybe it would have been fine for a couple carries, but I don't know long-term if it would have been a whole half with two other guys. I think that missing chambers played into the the critical fourth down situation that Wyoming had mm-hmm. late in regulation because I think that they might have done something different if he had been available. I think that, that at some points maybe they missed that wrinkle. Because no, sure. obviously I mean Vander Vanderwall has like a little bit of escapability, but you know, he also took three sacks. He's not Sean Chambers. And so when I look at that last fourth down that Wyoming had deep in Boise State territory, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ran so the ball for our listeners one, who didn't yeah. watch the game, they were it was fourth and one at the Boise State 39 yard line, uh, under a minute to go. You know, so they they weren't quite in field goal territory yet, but they needed to move the chains in order to give themselves a chance to do it. Um, and then they basically had the most, uh, at least from the, a lot of Wyoming fans' perspective, it looked like a very very unimaginative run play to to Balladay and he was stopped short and it, it didn't cost him at all because you know Chase Cord was sacked and then intercepted okay. by Logan Wilson to take us to the end of regulation but what if it went a touchdown what if they kept going and scored TD but do, okay so do you think that that was the right play call in that situation you have a guy who could throw the ball better like if you had Chambers you could have done some sort of read option or even run a op- t- traditional option on the outside like you could have run a speed option with those two guys because Boise knew it's like it's going to go up the gut. It's going to be off tackle, maybe off guard to the inside. Like 
not the far right guard, or excuse me, not the far right off tackle, but it's going anywhere behind the center or behind the guard. They're not going wide to the tackle. If they had Chambers, they could have gone wide like in some sort of RPO. Like the we saw what Jordan Love attempted to do with Utah State, that type of play. Could have done a quick option where you have to get both guys because they've made that play plenty of times. Or Vanderbilt's running okay. Why not bring out the play action? Why not try that one? You know, if everybody's covering the middle like they are, all you need is one yard. You have a some tight end or somebody streak streak uh, horizontally across the field, like go right, left, right, or have some tight end like just slip out to the outside and throw him a quick, almost a screen pass on that type of play. Why not? Well, see, what I, what I was wondering why they didn't do, which seemed to work more often than not in the second half, was just throw a quick slant. That's what I mean. Something like, yeah, either something like that would have been fine, better, I think. It, and, you know, or even just like something like play action where yeah. you, if they think that they're going to fake to ha- validate, just have a tight end or a fullback even. Yeah, go out slip, to the side. Slip out into the flat mm-hmm. and yeah. just, you know two or three yards that's really all you need or even just something like a fullback dive i was convinced for a second as the play was unfolding that if they had given the to the fullback just straight up the gut that they might have been able to get that yard i think it was that extra beat or two that they needed validate to to get the ball and try to get back to the line of scrimmage that really doomed that play so i, I could see both sides of that argument because i think what you're betting on in that situation is that your strength can outmuscle the other team's strength for one yard. So I need one yard. And, you know, same as with Utah State, I don't have any problem with that kind of aggression. But I can see also why you might decry, I guess, the the lack of imagination in that situation, why you wouldn't do something a little bit more. Or even run like a counterplay or something. You know what I mean? Like you fake the fold up back. And that may take time to develop. But that's, yeah. I mean, that's the right play there. But yeah, I agree. It's like quick slant, play action, or. I don't know how well they want to do a regular option type play with uh, Vanderwall, but you're not going to punt the situation. You had to go for it, but they know what you're doing. Everybody in the stadium figured you're going to run up the middle. Why not make the running play, if it's going to be running play, something to touch different than just up the gut to your full hand, to your running back? Because he only had, he was the only running back who had carries the entire game. That's mm-hmm. it. And so it's like, you're late in the game. You have Vanderbilt, Vanderwall a couple carries. Validates at every other carry. Give it to somebody new, like your full, not a new guy, but like your full back who plays all, enough. Give him the ball. It's like, it's a, I don't know, just, I'm, I'm right with you, like, little creativity, but not go crazy on that type of play. Just mix up just enough to Boise bringing in eight guys. Yeah, single coverage everywhere else. You throw a quick pass, like, they probably, I don't know, I don't want to go a million play calls, but you're right, like, a quick pass to the outside if it's one-on-one coverage, pump fake, somebody goes down the field, like, or pull, like, I remember Texas-Colorado in the Big 12 title game, hey, James Brown does a play action, throws across the top of the tight end for, like, a 50-yard gain or something. Just some, something a little bit different to mix it up where when people think their running play is coming and you have a quarterback who's thrown quite well throughout the game. Like, do you not trust mm-hmm. him for that? But you do have one of the best running backs in the conference, so it's like, what are you going to do? Run the ball most likely, but just mix up a touch. But it's a 20-17 to 17 loss for Wyoming, and they're still eligible. They're still yeah, probably not in the Mountain Division race, but it's not a bad loss by any means. Like, they were, like each team could have won this game like a million different ways. This could outcome could have been different. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a Boise State fan, sometimes it's just about surviving and advancing. Yeah, that's what some were saying about the New Year's Six. I'm like, well, yeah, but... But I, I do kind of see the argument for Wyoming fans being, you know, thinking about this one for a little while. Yeah, a couple of plays here and there. So what do you think? Should Boise start Hank Bachmeyer versus New Mexico? <laughs> if it were me, I would give him time to rest for the stretch run. My thinking was, if he's healthy, great. You don't need to play him. But I think maybe... 
give him a few plays here in like a series or something. Like I, I think if you can continue getting 80% of Bachmeyer out of Chase Cord, which I think is mostly mm-hmm. the case, that's going to be more than enough to beat New Mexico. Oh, it, I have no issue them not beating New Mexico. It's just live action playing, actually not playing in a, almost a month. Mm-hmm. Like there was, um, oh, what games are watching? Oh, I forget what it was, but the guy didn't play for a while. He comes in and looks not great for all because he hasn't played because he's been hurt and been sitting out. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of been holding him back. I wish I knew what game it was. I don't recall, but I oh, know it, no, it was the two. It was the LSU Alabama game. Yeah, like with Tua, he barely played, barely practiced, practiced like a very controlled practice, and he could and he had that bum ankle which was bothering him in that game, and he didn't look. He played fine, but there's plenty of times where he didn't look great because, especially in the first half when they're down twenty, and he wasn't doing what he normally does because he hadn't played in a couple weeks. So that's why they had a bye week, so it's a little bit different. But that's my point. Maybe give Bachmeyer a series or two just just to get live action that's not against your own team and you could get hit. I mean, I wouldn't really feel a lot of pressure to do that personally. I mean, because Cord's throwing the ball 95 times. He has a 60% completion percentage. Uh, you know, the, the big plays are a little more lacking with him under center. Mm-hmm. You know, his yards per attempt are down by two yards uh, compared to Bachmeyer. But he's got nine touchdowns, three interceptions, and a passer rating of one forty four. So I think he's I think he's fine. But we'll I, talk more about. Well, that no, I don't mean I, I mean Cord fights me like if Bachmar actual game time before Utah State. Not just yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, I yeah. would I wouldn't feel any pressure to do okay. that if I were Brian Harson. All right, let's go to Utah or excuse me, San Diego State, Nevada, newly bowl eligible Nevada. I like the stat when people put out Nevada has it won in San Diego in like since nineteen forty something. Well, how many mm-hmm. times have they played San Diego State at San Diego State since then? It's what, probably four times at most? <laughs> so it's like, I hate those stats where it's like, during Utah-USC week, Utah hasn't won at the Coliseum in like 100 years. Well, how often have they played them? <laughs> well, now, now I want to look that up while we're talking. Well, I think Nevada Sportsnet put it out, but if you could probably go to Winspedia, it'll have it there. But they put out that tweet about, I think it was 1947. Something like that. But no, look it up. Yeah, you go do it and find out. I'll chat about the game. 17-13 to 13 game. Okay, so sports reference, by the way, um, of course, it's not totally complete, but since 1995, Nevada and San Diego State have played six times in San Diego. Oh, six? Okay. A few more than I thought. I guess that's a couple whack Mountain West games in. Yes. Okay. All right. Just curious. But I like the – yeah, here it is right here. The tweet. Upset alert, which it was. 17-13, takedown number 24, San Diego State. This is the PAC's first win over a top 25 team on the road. Oh, I must have read that correct. So, oh, no, no, this is right. The first – Pack, sorry, this is the PAC's first win over a top 25 team on the road, which is joining the FBS. Pretty big deal because they beat Boise at home. Remember the field goal? Uprights mm-hmm. weren't regulation. Sorry, Chris. Had to bring that up again. Uh, win in San Diego, first win in San Diego since 46. So, But they've only played six times in San Diego since then or since? Well, this only goes back to 1995. So okay. there might be more out there. Well, maybe it'll look later. But this game, I want to read you the first um Man, this is a brutal lead to the Union Tribune. The first 10,000 people through the gates at SDCCU Stadium for Saturday night's Mountain West game between San Diego State and Nevada were given red rally towels ostensibly to wave when the Aztecs did something worth cheering. <laughs> the way things unfolded, you have to believe that many of those fans in the crowd for the red out game considered using their towels as blindfolds or tourniquets. <laughs> it's pretty I mean, brutal. You kind of you have to feel for the defense because... Yeah, the Aztecs defense just kind of, as usual, did their job. They yeah. held the Wolfpack to 4.1 yards per play, but the problem was that the Wolfpack held them to 4.2 yards per play. And obviously that's a credit to the, to, the, to the Wolfpack that they were able to 
do what I what we talked about a little bit in the preview podcast where we've seen that they can muddy things up against limited offenses. And that's pretty much what they did. I, you know, on a per play basis, I think this might have been their best performance of the season. And it was kind of a team effort where, you know, Daniel Brown picks off Ryan Agnew for a pass. Mm-hmm. And the defensive line steps up and, and three or four different guys get a TFL and stuff like that. So even though the Aztecs front especially played really well in this game, you know, Nevada just did a little bit better on that same front. My biggest thing about the game is how, well, first off, there's zero running the game in this, this matchup. Mm-hmm. Two is still dis- vastly disappointing. We, I thought John Washington would be back. 12 he is carries. not back. 12 no. carries. 18 yards. yards. <laughs> like Texas, he's not back. Well, and that's, what, and that's what I'm saying. I think that you know the defense played at a really high level in this game, too, on both sides. Yeah. Because we haven't really mentioned Kaiba Tizino in a lot of recaps recently. He's pretty good. Um, but he had two and a half <laughs> TFLs and a sack. You know, Cam Thomas on the defensive line had a you know continued his fine season with a with a sack and a TFL. So it's not like San Diego State wasn't making plays on that side. No, it was the offense. Yeah, and yeah, so there's just like a lot of attrition, I guess you would say, on both sides. So really quick for Nevada, they've been giving up six yards per play the entire year. Mm-hmm. So when you go to like conference play, they're not much better. Still like it's they're worse actually six one six in conference plays. So how do they pull this off? Like yards allowed, like to basically what they give up. Uh, oh, shoot, I had it here a second ago. Uh, yeah, 4.16, which is their second best outside of FCS opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, where did this come from? Is Aztec, are Aztecs that bad? Like, they give up five over five to New Mexico, seven and a half to Wyoming offense, five and a half to Utah State, eight to Hawaii. Okay, fine, whatever. They give up more yards per play to UTEP than San Diego State. Well, one, I think it's that they played really good red zone defense. Like when in the rare occasion that the Aztecs crossed the 40, <laughs> which it's wasn't that often. It's a good um, you know, Nevada's defense played especially well. Like they had the one touchdown drive in the third quarter, of course, but they held the Aztecs to, you know, two two field goals. And then, of course, they had the, uh, the, the interception in the red zone. So the Aztecs didn't really take advantage of all of their scoring opportunities as well as they could have. And so I think that's a really critical part of that. And I mean, another part of that is that kind of like we talked about in the Wyoming game, that they were able to pin the Aztecs back more often. than They were able to do the same to the Wolfpack. You know, they had what one, two, three drives that started inside their own 10 yard line. Well, that's, maybe not, that's not helpful. Maybe that's a maybe that's a credit to someone like Quentin Connolly, who he's very quietly having a pretty good year. He pinned the Aztecs twice inside the twenty uh, on punts, averaged forty-four yards a punt. He had himself a pretty good night. And you know, if this was a game of field position, then Nevada played that to a T. They did, and it's like it's just we know senior state's offense isn't explosive. Like that's why I kind of expected like in our preview. Washington, big running game. He's been increasing carries every week, getting right about the 100-yard mark. We figured this would be the game. He doesn't get it. Okay, Ryan Agnew's not going to get it done for you. He completes under 50% of her passes in this game. Does throw to 18, or, or sorry, what, 12 different guys? But you're right, just filled the position. Nevada played their best defense the game of the year by far, and it kind of makes sense it could come against this game because it's sort of, if you think about it now, it's because Washington, they held him. If he had a big game, probably a different story, clearly, but Played Senior State, who hasn't been their great offensive self running the ball, and we know QB plays just okay. 
this is set up for Nevada to probably play one of the better defensive games. I still don't think they'd win because I figured Washington would get enough on the ground to negate however good Nevada did. Even if he had, like, if Washington had just 85 yards, they probably would have won the game. But at 18 yards, less than a yard, barely a yard to carry, 12 for 18. Well, and here's the other thing, too. This is another game that had a really critical fourth down decision that a lot of people disagreed with. Fourth down Saturday. Fourth and six at the Nevada 27-yard line. When was Aztecs this again are, of the game? Aztecs are down 17 to 10. Okay. With about, I think it was about four minutes to go. And they elect to kick a field goal. And Matt Ryzen nails it from 44 yards. And the kick, you know, But they're still trailing by four, giving the ball back to Nevada. Do you think that was the right call? Does San Diego State have a reliable seven-yard play you trust for them to run on that day? No. They needed six, okay, six and a half-yard play. Did they have enough? They, I don't think they'd have enough of that play, and they don't no, have. But, that... see, but see, here's the thing, right? Even if they, so they, they, the defense did its job, gave the Aztecs one more chance to go down and score a touchdown. They did, but that was the problem. Out. They needed to score a touchdown. Well, that's why I'd be okay kicking the field goal. Two reasons: the offense isn't performing well enough. Get the points. They, they, they did exactly what they should have done. They kicked the field goal. Defense stops them minus one yards. Let's give the offense again down four. Like I don't think the offense. Oh, but they're had... down four, which means they still needed a touchdown, and they had worse field position to try yeah, to do it. That's a good point. Well, they started at forty. Let's see. Hold on. Now they had better field position on the when they got the ball back. I'm just, well, I mean, they started at their own 44, but they were at the 27 of Nevada. They were never going to have a better opportunity to keep oh, I trying to score a touchdown than when they settled for a field goal instead. And I think from, from a lot of San Diego State fans' perspective, that was really what drew, what really was, I guess you would call it the final nail in the coffin. So, you'd ra- so you're saying you'd rather them go for it. Say they get four yards, they come up short. Nevada punched the ball. They still have decent field position. And, so, and but, you're still and you're still only down seven, and you're in the exact same situation. So, where you yeah. need a touchdown to tie. If you touch on either way, that yeah, makes sense because there was not a ton of time left. What was there? Three and a half minutes, almost three forty mm-hmm. three forty six. Like your gets, offense, your offense is scuffling to get across midfield. Like, why are you settling? Had it, yeah, had it been something to get you within three points, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. When you're down four. You need touchdown. You're right. You need touchdown regardless. So. It's just a conservative of an older coach, I guess. I don't know. It's like, I guess we'll do this. We, we, we're we here. We're close. We get points. But you're right. Next time you come down the field, you still need a touchdown. That's why you see all this stuff. No, why not go for two early and often like Lane Kiffin did for what is it, FAU his first year? He'd go for two like every time almost. Like was it last year or the year before? And he converted. He's great. You're already ahead. Like there was a thing, what, two weeks ago about, I forget what game it was, but like they someone put like a chart of like, okay, if you make a two point here, here's your percent chance of winning or forcing overtime. And it was always better to go for two on the first when you're down 14 to kick, kick a touch or sorry score a touchdown, go for two, and then you only need six points later on if you make. If you still miss it, you still have the chance to go for two and tie mm-hmm. the game anyway. So it's something like that where maybe more coaches should go for two if you're down. Not a little bit different case, but like it's kind of plays all together. Like, well, what should you do for points? If we still need a touchdown, why are we kicking field goal when we're down? Where we need another touchdown, we can't tie the game with the four. There's no four point field goal in the college football, folks. Mm. I, I checked the rule book, but there's no four point field goal to come back to tie it. So, no, I think uh, no, I agree with you on that one. They should go, go for a play, but the one thing too, it's like you should set it up before. On like here's a reason too where it's interesting where they could have set them up better. Your first and ten, Chance Bell gets four yards. Why not run on okay, pass the second out whatever. Bring in one more running play in there to get you a few more yards because if your mindset should be okay, we're at this part of the field. It's first and ten. Okay, we get four yards. Great. 
if you're sitting right there, if you're thinking, if you're the OC or Rocky Long or whoever making an offensive play call here, all right, we're at this point in the field. We haven't been here very far. We're down four points. The game's getting cl- closer to being over because um, the time left on the clock. You would think maybe run the ball again. I know the running game wasn't going well, but why pass back to back so you make it say fourth and three where you have both options on the table? Because mm-hmm. you should know it. This shouldn't be a surprise. Oh crap! It's fourth down. What are we going to do? You should realize on second and six. Maybe we should really think about going for that fourth down, and maybe one of those two plays should be a running play to give us a couple more yards, so it's fourth and less than four. I'd agree with that. I'm just saying I don't, I don't, I don't know how coaches think, but you got to think ahead. We can't just go play by play. But so this victory for Nevada gives them bowl eligibility. San Diego State knocked out of the top twenty-five. Their near six dream is uh, kaput. They could, st- they could still finish the season rank. Not going to throw that out the window because they're still getting points. But we have right now, let's go to the stage real quick, Matt. Let's wrap this up here since we're on four games. We have, you said, five bowl-eligible teams. Is that correct? Yes. And no. then Hawaii needs one more win to get to seven. So we got Hawaii who needs another game. Utah State needs another game. We won't go through all of them, but there's a couple more here. But the West Division, oh, boy. Your Fresno State Bulldogs are in it, Matt. They have a chance. Still alive somehow. <laughs> Thanks, Nevada. We, eh. we, we definitely didn't really need that at this point. <laughs> The thing that's good for Fresno, all their losses have been against uh, Mountain Division teams, so there's a tiebreaker. That's good, I guess. Mm-hmm. The big game, San Diego State, next week. for the Yeah, it? and you know what? I saw that San Diego State opened as a three-point favorite, which is hilarious. <sighs> that's it? That they basically see those two teams as even at this point, even despite everything. Even Oh, man, no way. It should be like – I'd say I'd, I'd, be, I'd say six would be a low end for me, kind of. It's like started at five or six, right? That's at least it's, it's San Diego State minus three. Well, what what's that? What it basically means that they get the home field the home field bump, and that's it. That's because San Diego State's offense isn't very good, and Fresno actually put up some points this past weekend. But they have so if they win that, I'm like we're not going to go through every scenario, but because Fresno they they've already they beat here's the crazy they win, thing. they win out they're in the <laughs> they championship do because they beat every Western Division team so far. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! So are you psyched to see a seven and five Fresno State team going to Boise State? You know what? I Maybe. saw a six. I saw a six and seven team emerge from the or six and six team rather. I remember that. It's, and a six and seven team emerge as as losers of the conference championship game. I saw a six and eight full team back twenty fourteen. <laughs> I'm ready for anything. Ready for everything. No, you're right because yeah, everybody else needs help essentially. It'll say Diego State doesn't, but oh, well, it, it, just watch these games. That's Fresno. It's like it's like when I joke around my buddies at the radio show. Hey, UCLA, if they went out, they can win the Pac twelve South. Just true. To, just to poke them in the side because hey, this could happen. <laughs> so there's that. But the Mount Division had Boise lost. Oh boy, it'd have been crazy. What we still have technically is Utah State Boise State Division Championship on the line in a couple weeks. Collision course because Air Force has lost to uh, Boise State and Air Force has to play. Oh, they lost Utah State. That's right. So we'll see what Utah State does because they still have Wyoming and Boise State over the next couple weeks. So. You never know with Wyoming what they could do. Wyoming still could be. Uh, I'll look at the tiebreakers before because what if it's like a four and two? What do you play? Five? Uh, how many? Or sorry, if it's a five and well, six and two. Sorry, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm trying to find that number. Matt, six and two. Say I don't see Boise losing twice, so I'm going to disregard and reject that entire statement. Is going to say so I'm like, okay, if it's six and two, anything can happen. But because Wyoming's are, they need Wyoming needs Boise to lose three times. So Wyoming, sorry folks, enjoy the. Uh, can we get Wyoming to the Cheez-It Bowl versus, like, Washington State? 
I would not be opposed to that. I know you and me disagreed about Mike Leach, Mike Leach earlier to Arkansas, but that would be something I'd love pay to see quite a bit, right? That would be a disaster. For who? <laughs> for for everybody involved. Oh, which one? The game or Arkansas? For Leach and for Arkansas. Okay. Uh, I, was just, I thought you meant the game. Okay, that'd be a good game. Um, we'll get our bowl predictions out sooner than later, but yeah, the West Division's up for grabs. I still don't trust Utah State because, like I said, Jordan Love looks really good against mediocre teams. Sorry, Matt Frozen is mediocre this year. but No, uh, no that's fair. That's fair. Hey. I, yeah. I accept that evaluation. <laughs> okay, there you go. Anything else we need to add? This is only going to be um, a 40-minute show, folks. You're, you're lucky, I guess. No, it's not. We're, we're forgetting about the nightcap. Oh, crap. I How did I miss that? Oh, my gosh. I started getting Hawaii ahead of myself. Hawaii 42, San Jose State 40, and the disrespect from Jeremy Moss. I apologize. Sorry, Brandon, everybody. Sorry, Parker, all the Hawaii or San Jose State buddies. I, I don't know why I mis- misplaced that game. Wildly entertaining in its own right. It was. Because San Jose State did not punt once all night, scored on every single possession, and lost. You know what they needed? One more touch. Defense. Well, no. <laughs> I was going to see a good offensive thing, not kick field goals. Well, but the, the irony in that is that you know the they did force the game's only turnover. Yeah, fumble and scored only they field goal. They scored, <laughs> they scored a touchdown or a field goal directly after that. But I think that that was basically the difference in the game is that Hawaii was able to make some stops, especially in the red zone, and San Jose State couldn't. Yeah, and there's all touchdowns. Yeah, what you're, it's, what you're telling me is Hawaii's defense won this game for them. <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's exactly it. <laughs> because... Well, and that, because, look, I mean, you look at the field, field goal drives, you know, they, they stalled them at the 11-yard line, the 8-yard line, and then twice at the 26-yard line. That minus... was where they had to settle for Matt Mercurio's four field goals. Yeah, one of the, after the fumble, minus five yards. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. Like, both of these teams still, uh, you know, averaged over seven yards per play. But uh, it's that that half yard, 0.6 yards per play difference that really made it, you know, made for the win for Hawaii. This is a game where two-point conversions should have been on Fresno, or San Jose State's mind after they kicked that second field goal. Or maybe they, they should have just went balls yeah. to the wall. Why not? You're, because you're it's 23-21, you're up, good. They hold for Hawaii to one of their few stops, end of half there. Hawaii comes out and gets a touchdown, you're down two. You know, you can't stop Hawaii. You know field goals are doing nothing. A thousand yards of total offense. Yeah. There should have some point started going for two. Because had they gone for one two-point conversion, we'd had overtime. And San Jose State was 10-15 on third downs, and Hawaii was 7-10. of 10. I am disappointed. Jordan Love only had 375. He did not crack 400 yards. You're talking about Josh Love? Or sorry, Josh Love. Yeah, I just, Jay Love, whatever, yeah. By the way, Chevin Cordero. What happened to him? What happened? To, I never saw anything official. What happened with um, our good buddy? I didn't see anything official either. Cole but McDonald. You know what? Like, if Cordero's going to play like that, McDonald's going to have a really hard time getting his job back. No, that means he's going to transfer wherever Mike Leach goes. Or is. I guess that's true. <laughs> um, but, you know, Cordero was 23 of 31, 309 yards, three touchdowns, added two more on the ground, 55 total yards. Um, Both teams had a running game for once? Well, that, we talked about that, though. Yeah, because we figured we, it'd be That there. was what I thought might be the difference. And Miles Reed, who has very quietly been pretty good as of late, 17 carries, 124 yards and a score. Dijon Packard scored twice, had 112 yards. I mean, it was a, if you liked offense, this was a game for you. Exactly. And I apologize for Jeremy for forgetting about this game. Come on, really? Again, I, 
Jeez. I'm just messing with you. I know you are. Um, I'm still wondering why Shavon Cordero got the start. Let's see if I can read this really quick. I I, uh, I don't know. Doesn't know something specific at the moment. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It's a uh, he made the night before the game. That's all it is. So it's just I mean, uh, from Hawaii News now. It just says that they made a decision to bench McDonald's, so it wasn't an injury or anything like that. What? You have an embarrassment. I don't know what to do because the thing is, both quarterbacks play fine. I'd say Cordero is a bit more, not accurate, but less prone to interceptions. It seems like it, yeah. That, but that's like, I guess I'm not going to say, oh, I was about to say that's the only difference. That might be, and that's a big difference. But like McDonald can go for like 400 plus yards, and it's... I mean, uh, I mean clearly it looks like Cordero could, could do the same too. Yeah, yeah, he does. So I don't know. It's a tough spot to be in when you played him last year a bunch. You, he led to like the UNLV game last year that come from behind victory in the fourth quarter. They've been Arizona game. He came in, helped him get the victory there. He comes and gets a full start. It's hard to argue with who you want, but it's like consistency might come up and get them at some point. I mean, like I said, I think if you're Hawaii and you're getting performances like you're fine, like like this at a Cordero, you, I don't really see a reason why you would switch back. No, I agree too. Yeah, I mean, at this at this point across two seasons, he's played in twelve games thus far. He has a completion percentage above sixty percent. And he has 12 touchdowns against three interceptions. I think he, he might be the guy down the stretch. I guess there's good. I don't know. He's a retro freshman jam for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. McDonald's, what, is he a sophomore, I want to say? I junior? believe he's a junior. So he, it, okay, he has a little bit of time left. And I mean, and, and they go to UNLV next week, which is a prime opportunity to make that switch more permanent. What's the line of that game? I'm going to guess like minus plus 10 for Hawaii. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Because they play the for the Golden Pineapple. Uh, Hawaii is minus six. That's it? For now. Okay. For now. <laughs> opening, that's it. Being ahead by six. So Hawaii's going to make a bowl game next week, right? It, How, they would seem to be favored to do that, yeah. Have we figured out what the Hawaii Bowl situation is? Okay, so let me see if I can remember this off the top of my head. Uh, the typical connections for this year are the American and BYU. And BYU. Correct, because BYU is in no matter what if they're boiled. BYU is in no matter what, well, they could I think trade they are me, yeah. at this point, right? Um, they squeak by Liberty, so I think there are six wins, yeah. Yeah, so with some ESPN shots. Oh, no, sorry. Hawaii no, Bowl, they're at five wins right now, So, but they got Idaho State, so they should be good. <laughs> yeah, so with the, with the ESPN Bulls typically doing at least a little bit of shuffling uh, to get more favorable, more interesting matchups and things like that, there's a good chance that a team like Hawaii could end up there. As a perfect perfect example, we'll have our own bowl projections going into, like what, Tuesday? Sorry, what was that? Our own bowl projections? Yeah, um, probably Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday, yes. So, you know, over at Banner Society, for instance, Jason Kirk has Ball State taking the AAC spot uh, against Hawaii. Really? Well, because the American may not, if, if the American's, takes the uh the cotton bowl spot yeah that's gonna free up some bowl spots so that's telling down. me because here's what you want the ideal matchup i saw you t- tweeting with um he the guy probably thought i was tweeting with me the uh was it jacob hatch mm-hmm. he i know works some some stuff near me some byu radio and stuff but he made the right point as we all did byu hawaii is a can't miss game which would bring a lot of fans to see them and watch on tv mm-hmm. unless you're getting byu memphis or B, you know what i mean byu smu 
there's no point in not making it BYU-Hawaii. Like, ESPN yeah. has BYU-Boston College. Are you kidding me? Although, interestingly, yeah. in those same projections, Kirk has BYU in Phoenix in the Cheez-It Bowl against Air Force. Ooh, BYU fans, I hate that. <laughs> and and that's really what I'm talking about when I when I, when I would talk about the shuffling. It makes it hard for me in big games, too. I'm like, come on, I want, I want to be right on some of these. <laughs> <laughs> And it, and it's the same kind of shuffling that puts Nevada in the Armed Forces Bowl against North Texas. Jeez, oh, because there's not enough Big Ten teams because they might get two playoff teams in there. Yeah, or at least so, a playoff plus Rose Bowl. And you know, there's still three or four weeks left, so there's still a lot that could happen. All right, here's another game. You know, I mentioned Wyoming, Washington State. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at ESPN because I just had them up. Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force, Washington State. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's going to be some degree of mixing and matching, but the the established tie-ins are AAC and BYU. Yeah, I, but that's that that's subject to change because TV. Yeah, TV, but it makes sense. Like I'm not, not kidding. Like I know it's Christmas Eve, not a highly coveted time slot, which you think it could be because everybody's at home doing Christmas stuff, but probably caroling and speak food. for yourself. Yeah, a highly coveted te- television yeah. spot for people who want to get away from their families. I was getting there. I'm just saying, there's a point. Like there's a bunch of people around. Like, hey, we got a football game here. We got something over here. You can go have your. Uh, tam season so i can't get into that but whatever <laughs> but my point you're right it, i mean that's like typically it's not but you would think it could be because it's a later game but like that matchup i'm telling you, like two former whack rivals i'm like come on byu hawaii i think people would tune into that would you tune uh, in yeah, like i would i what? mean I'll, I'll, every bowl game is precious yeah. that's my stance but my point is like if it were to say let's just say byu makes it but it's like you're right ball state i'm like really gonna watch ball state byu hawaii Boston College, BYU Boston College. I'm like, I mean, a lot's going to happen. A lot's going to depend on what happens at the top. Yeah. With... And I think, I think if you're a Mountain West fan, I can't remember this off the top of my head, but I think if you're a Mountain West fan, what you want is you want the Big Twelve or the Big Ten rather to do well, because if the Big Ten captures the playoff spot and then captures the Rose Bowl spot, which they would, you know, that's when some of those other lower order bowls uh, may open up and open up some opportunities for a sixth or a seventh bowl team from the Mountain West. Yeah, or the Pac-12, they could sing because she's a bulls of the Pac-12. Yeah, but so, problem so two, if, if, so like t- if you're a Nevada fan, for instance, mm-hmm. or, or a Hawaii fan or whomever, and you're kind of on the fringe with those six or seven wins, like that's where you start paying attention to those games at the top. You start paying attention to who might make it into the New Year's Six. Yeah, because Big Ten's with Lockheed Martin, Pac-12, Big 12. I don't think Big 12's getting two because Baylor's are fraud, in my opinion. They are not going to beat Oklahoma. I agree. And so Cheez-It Bowl could open up for Pac-12, Big 12, because that's a backup plan. Say, I'm, I don't think this this is not super likely, but say Utah-Oregon get to, because whatever, I'm not going to go too far ahead, but say winner go, either winner goes to the playoff, which is a possibility, or say the loser of that game, Utah-Oregon, still ranked high enough to take that Cotton Bowl spot. Yeah, and so you want that to happen because there's only one bid, and if Utah, Oregon, like a top eight team, they're not they're getting taken, selected because you take the highest rated team after all the tie-ins. Mm-hmm. So you want Pac-12 to win out Utah, Oregon to do well. You want maybe here's thing two Big Ten. If you get two Big Ten playoff teams, which maybe in Minnesota, Ohio State, and yeah. then they still get the, and they still get the Rose Bowl. That's three. That's moving up the ladder even more. And so that's what you're kind of looking for because we don't want a Wyoming situation last year where they're six and six and get um, shut out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting down the stretch to follow. And always is November's football season, right? It's when everything mm-hmm. happens. All right, now we're finished, right? Can I? I'm sorry again to Hawaii. We are officially right? finished now. Yes. Yeah, apologies around to all the Hawaii Warriors and Spartans fans out there. Unacceptable because I like offense. I watch this game too. So, 
I just got mixed with all the close close matchups we had. All right, so here's the plan. Me and Raj on podcast Tuesday night talking about the playoff rankings where not much will happen, but we'll be looking forward a bit to talk about different games than what you and me will we'll talk about. Fewer Mountain West games for me and Raj. In general, we'll talk some Navy, Notre Dame, some AAC games there to mix. App State, we he, Raj likes App State, so he'll he'll bring them up for sure. But I don't think they're the mix. App State is pretty good. They are pretty good, but lost to Georgia Southern, right? Georgia State, Georgia Southern. What are the Georgia schools? Not Georgia U- Southern. Not University. They got, of they got triple option. Okay, to the uh, rest of us. I, I hear you. That's a that's a tough break. That's a tough one. So we'll have that Tuesday night. You and me will be back Wednesday or Thursday to preview everything. Check out the website mwr.com. We got hoops coming up around as well. So we got if you're looking for any content that's hey, you guys talk football, where's that? Or you talk basketball. Best option might be clicking the tab at the top that says football or basketball. Go there and it's all obviously organized, but on the main page, we do our best to mix it up to put relevant stuff, newer stuff, popular stuff around there. So it's kind of a big shuffle at the moment because we have too many teams, I guess we talk about mm-hmm. all the time. So all right, but that's what we got this week. So again, if you like the show, tell a friend. Um Tell two friends maybe. See if we can get a few more people to listen to this thing. And we'll be back next week, folks. Or next time, I guess. A couple days.